Warning, this podcast may contain strong explicit language as this is my personal opinions on football. Listener discretion advised. You are now listening to The Stumpy Show. What's up guys and welcome to another edition of The Stumpy Show. And as always, I'm your host Kyle Stump, aka Stumpy. And let's get right into a crazy week two, which taught week one to say the least. And the first game on tap that we got was a Thursday night header between two AFC West heavyweights in the LA Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And in this game for the for the Chargers, and they had to make a statement to the Kansas City Chiefs to say that we are not being bullied. And on offense, it looked just like that as Justin Herbert went 33 for 48 for 334 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. And and in the receiving game, Mike Williams stepped up and had eight receptions for 113 yards and one touchdown. And, and But for Kansas City, they didn't really have the best offensive game as Patrick Mahomes went 24 for 34. Well, 35, actually, for 235 yards and two touchdowns. Great numbers, but let's face it, in Mahomes' standards, it's kind of an off night. It's kind of an off night where Mahomes isn't throwing for over 300 yards or 400 yards, mainly 300 yards. And in the rushing game, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had eight carries for 74 yards on the day. But as mentioned... The offense didn't really need to get going in this game as the defense did that for for them. As Chris Jones had two sacks on the day for the Chiefs and Jalen Watson had an interception on the day, which was the lone interception that Herbert had had thrown in that game. But... Overall, all it was close as the Kansas City Chiefs just won the game by a field goal with a final score of 27 to 24. Not a bad way to start, even though a lot of people, I mean, especially the parents, were finding it hard to watch the game as they did not know that Thursday night football games were being broadcasted on Amazon Amazon Prime Video. And let's face it, the memes are all over the place when it came to that. And next up, we go on to Pittsburgh as the Steelers took on my New England Patriots. And it was a bit slow to start off, but it picked up as time went on as for the Patriots, Mac Jones went 21 for 35 for 252 yards of one touchdown and one interception. And Jones was questionable going in with an illness, and there was a possibility that fourth-round pick in this year's draft, Bailey Zappi, could have had a shot at playing in this game, but it wasn't meant to be. But for the, also for the rushing game, Damian Harris had 15 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown, trying to pick up from from where he left off from his breakout year last year. 
And in the receiving game, Nelson Aguilar, who this season is a make-or-break year with, with one more deal, one more year on his deal, had had five, had six receptions for 110 yards and a touchdown. And also Jacoby Myers had nine receptions for 94, 95 yards. Picking up where he left off as he's became that lead back in recent memory. Well, in the recent years since Edelman, Gronk, and Brady have been gone. And on defense, Jalen Mills had an interception. Uh, and for the one time, for the one time where he wasn't blown in coverage. And also on the on the front seven, sacks were made by Christian Barmore and Matthew Judon for the Patriots. And for the Steelers, on the other hand, numbers like these are kind of expected. But with somebody like Mitch Trubisky, who went, went 21 for 33 for 168 yards, one touchdown, and one interception, kind of as expected. And not much notable on the offense besides Deontay Johnson having six receptions for 57 yards. And on defense, definitely not as notable with the loss of TJ Watts, which is gonna blow for them. And it showed as nobody had a sack, but the only thing notable on that defense was a Minka Fitzpatrick interception. But not much that the Patriots could capitalize on at times. Well, besides a, a muffed punt by former New England Patriot Gunnar Osheski, which was recovered, which that ball was recovered by the Patriots, leading to Damian Harris's touchdown. Other than that, the Steelers had a touchdown from Mitch Trubisky to Pat Fryermuth, but. By then, it was too late as the Patriots ran down the clock and won this game by a field goal with a final score of 17-14. to Next up, we have a matchup between the Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants. And this was low scoring and kind of what you expect. Not the best match quarterback matchup between Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones as Mayfield went... 14 for 29 for 145 yards and a touchdown pass. As Daniel Jones, on the other hand, went 22 for 34 for 176 yards and a touchdown. Although all it was down to was the defense and the running game. As both the running backs on both teams did absolutely well. As for the Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey... And this, these are stats when he's healthy. He had 15 carries for 102 yards, despite not having a touchdown on the play. But still good numbers when he is healthy. And as for the Giants, Saquon Barkley, who had an explosive game in Week 1, who had a solid outing, but not as explosive as Week 1, had 21 carries for 72 yards on the play. And for the Panthers on defense, Brian Burns had two sacks on the play on the on the day. And for the Giants, they had a couple sacks 
as well. But this game came down to a field goal as the Giants won this game with a final score and to continue 2-0 with a final score of 19-16. And next up, we go on down to Duval County as the Indianapolis Colts took on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And for the Colts, all I can say, this game was brutal. Very, very brutal. As for the game, for the Colts, Matty Ice, a.k.a. Matt Ryan, who was definitely ice cold, went 16 for 30 for 195 yards, zero touchdowns, and a whopping three interceptions. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! I mean, you can't make that up. And all, for the in the running game, Jonathan Taylor had nine carries for 54 yards. And in the receiving game, Ashton Doolin had five receptions for 79 yards on the day. And, de and the defense, who was expected to be a top five unit going into the season, was ice cold as well oh, with Matty Ice. And for the Jacksonville Jaguars, it was the complete opposite as Trevor Lawrence went 25 for 30 for 235 yards and two touchdowns on the day. And in the rushing game, James Robinson had 23 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. And in the receiving game, Christian Kirk is literally shutting up doubters when people think he didn't deserve that deal that the Jacksonville Jaguars gave him in the offseason. And I know it's been two weeks, but so far, it's kind of earning that right now. As in this game, had six receptions for 78 yards and, uh, and, and had both of Trevor Lawrence's touchdowns on the day. And the defense was definitely all over the place. As, as Josh Allen had two sacks on the day. And also Roy Robinson-Harris. Robinson and also oh, Arden Key had each had a sack on the day. And three other players had interceptions on the day. That being... Andre Sisco, rookie out of Ju rookie Devin Lloyd, and Rashawn Jenkins each had an interception on the day. And the final score of this game was definitely brutal as the Jacksonville Jaguars shut out the Indianapolis Colts with a final score of 24 to nothing. I mean, I did did say Jacksonville would upset the Colts, but not like this. Not shut up, Ed. And now the Jaguars have won eight straight against the Indianapolis Colts in Duval County. Next up, we go on down to Bourbon Street as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took on the New Orleans Saints. And in this game, for the Buccaneers, Tom Brady went 18 for 34 for 190 yards passing and one touchdown. And honestly, 
that was an off night. I mean, I know he has been in the league for 20 years, but that's still an off night for Tom Brady, just in my opinion. And in the rushing game, Leonard Fournette had 24 carries for 65 yards. And before he was taken out of the game for laying out you know, Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans had three receptions for 61 yards on the day. And this was pretty much before laying out Marshawn Lattimore and, get, and getting himself ejected from the game and suspended for next week's game. And uh, on defense, they were lightening up everybody as Shaq Barrett had two sacks on the day and three, and also Levante, David, Devin White, and Antoine Winfield Jr. each had a sack on the day. And in the secondary, Jamal Dean had two interceptions on the day and also Mike Edwards had an interception as well. And for the Saints, the bakery was wide open again. It was open again at Jameis's Bakery as Jameis Winston went 25 for 40 for 236 yards, one touchdown, and a whopping three interceptions. You know something? You suck. And in the rushing game, Mark Ingram had 10 carries for 60 yards which is a solid game. And in the receiving game, rookie Chris Olave had five receptions for 80 yards. Pretty much putting his name on the map right now. But, I mean, he's got miles of football ahead of him before he can say that. And Michael Thomas had six receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown. And But all that was definitely not good enough as the Buccaneers, to, Buccaneers took off with the victory. And for the first time since Brady joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have defeated the New Orleans Saints in the regular season with the final score of 20-10. to 10. And the first one of these games was the New York Jets taking on the Cleveland Browns. As for the Browns, they were leading, leading pretty much the most of the game and almost looked like they were going to take off with the victory. And main, in, in this game for the Browns, Jacoby Brissett, who is taken over for Deshaun Watson, as Watson's, as mentioned, is still serving an 11-game suspension, went 22 for 27 for 229 yards, one touchdown and one interception. And in the rushing game, Nick Chubb had 17 carries for 87 yards and three touchdowns. And Kareem Hunt had 13 carries for 58 yards. And in the receiving game, it was a matter of time before he started impressing. But Amari Cooper had nine receptions for 101 yards and one touchdown on the day. And in this game, Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett each had one sack on the day. But it looked like the Jets were dead meat like throughout most of the game. And, but in the end, with the stats, Joe Flacco, of all people, 
went 26 for 44 for 307 yards and four touchdowns. And yeah, Joe Flacco putting up those numbers at his age. Yeah, you think Brady's running that team. But, and in the rushing game, rookie Brees Hall had seven carries for 50 yards on the day. And in the receiving game, Garrett Wilson is pretty much making an immediate impact. Had a, had a solid debut in the first game against, Balt against the Baltimore Ravens. But he continued to impress. As in this game, Wilson had eight receptions for 102 yards and two touchdowns. And also, Corey Davis had two receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. And, and also, so on defense at, but we'll get to that later. They, the Jets thought they were dead meat. And the Browns looked like they were going to run off with the game. And we're kind of being cocky about it. But... And that's when he hit me. The best idea I ever had in my entire life. That's the worst idea you ever had in your entire life. You know what? What's in the mindset of... Of the Cleveland Browns and Kevin Stefanski in this situation? It was not good. As the, Jet, as the Jets would score two touchdowns in, like, around the two-minute warning. And, and they brought the game within one point. And just as the Browns are going to drive it down the field and kick a, kick a game-winning field goal, Jacoby Brissett would throw a, would throw a costly interception to Ashton Davis. And that would lead to the Jets winning this game coming out of nowhere with a final score of 31 to 30. And I gotta say, Browns, you blew it. You blew it, boy! You really blew it! And next up, we go on down to Baltimore as the Baltimore Ravens took on the Miami Dolphins. And this was another game which had a blown lead. And for the Ravens, it looked like they were going to run away with the victory as Lamar Jackson had himself a day. Going 21 for 29 for 318 yards passing and three touchdowns. And um, that was just in the passing game. But in the rushing game, had nine carries for 119 yards and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, Rashad Bateman had four receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. And Jackson's go-to tight end guy, Mark Andrews, had nine receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown. And on defense, it's Marcus Williams had two interceptions on the day. And in the front seven, Justin Houston, who is... Who, it's a bit surprising he's still in the league and isn't completely forgotten, had one sack on the day. And with numbers like that, it looked like Baltimore was running, going to run off with this victory. But I can tell you this, 
the Dolphins, and I mean, it looks like that in halftime. But, yeah, the Dolphins had other plans. As it was a wild game for Tua Tungavaloa, who, who went 36 for 50 for numbers that we never expected out of him. 469 yards and an impressive six touchdowns, but a whopping two interceptions on the day. And in the receiving game, it was just three on 11. Like, literally, yeah, these guys, Tuatonga Valoa and uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle looked like a football version of the three guys from the bench warmers. Who came out of nowhere? As Waddle and Hill had impressive games in the receiving section, as Tyreek Hill had 11 receptions for 190 yards and two touchdowns, and Jalen Waddle had 11 receptions for 171 yards and two touchdowns. And. That was pretty much all it took as in the fourth quarter, quarter with already had scoring 14 points, scored 28 unanswered points as the, as the Miami Dolphins came back to win this game with a final score of, of 42 to 38. And you know what's going to be said next. You guessed it. You blew it. You had it all and you blew it! And next up, we have the 4 o'clock games and we go on to San Francisco as the 49ers took on the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks were coming off a victory against Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos on a Monday night game. And the 49ers are, are coming off a loss against the Bears. But more on the Bears later. But for the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith went 24 for 30 for 197 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. And it's kind of a bit surprising how they had a touchdown in this game. As the rushing game had no touchdowns, and Tyler Lockett was the only one notable on that offense who had nine receptions for 107 yards receiving. And on defense, Boy um, Maffee or Maffei, I mean, either, either one, whoever, however you pronounce it, it sounds like a name on the Key and Peel East-West Bowl skits, had a sack on the day. And for the 49ers, they started off with Trey Lance, who went 2 for 3 for 30 yards. Not bad, but... He ended up having suffering a severe ankle injury that required surgery, and he is out for the rest of the season. And deep down, you know Jimmy Garoppolo had a sinister Joker smile deep down when Lance got injured, so that way Garoppolo was not being replaced. But there's always next year when it comes to that. Don't don't have that smile, Jimmy. He's your teammate, but and there also is another possibility that he could replace you again. 
But anyways, Jimmy Garoppolo stepped up, went 13 for 21 for 154 yards and a touchdown. And on the ground, Jeff Wilson had 18 carries for 84 yards. And in the in the receiving game, Brandon Ayuk had five receptions for 63 yards. Soon enough, they'll have Debo Samuel will step up completely like he did last year, and soon enough they will have George Kittle back in the lineup. And in this, on defense, Nick Bosa had two sacks on the day. And in, in the secondary, Traverius Ward, Ward had an interception on the day. And also, so, Tashawn Gibson had an interception as well. As after a while, the 49ers just just blew away with this game with a final score of 27 to 7. Pretty much an easy victory after losing to the Bears when Justin Fields treated, treated Soldier Field like a slip and slide at the end of that game. And next up, we go on down to LA as the Los Angeles Rams took on the Atlanta Falcons. And this was a game that looked like it was going to end early. As for the Rams, Matthew Stafford went 27 for 36 for 272 yards and three touchdowns and two interceptions. And in the receiving game, as always, who's putting up big numbers, Cooper Cup had 11 receptions for 108 yards and two touchdowns. And also in this game, Tyler Higby had seven receptions for 71 yards. And Allen Robinson, who had a bigger role in this game than he did in the debut against the Buffalo Bills, had four receptions for 53 yards and a touchdown. And on defense, everybody was all over the place as Bobby Wagner and Justin Hollins each had a sack on the day. And also, also oh, Kobe Durant had an, had a sack as well, and he also had an interception on the day. And also, so Jalen Ramsey had an interception as well for the Rams. And for the Falcons, Marcus Mariota went 17 for 26 for 196 yards. Two touchdowns and two interceptions. And in the receiving game, Drake London continues to be impressive as he had eight receptions for 86 yards and a touchdown. And on defense, Michael, Michael Walker and Casey Hayward each had an interception on the day. And at one point, the Rams were leading 28-3. And the Falcons know that score really well, and never forget, I mean, as a Pats fan. But they would, they would score, but they would score 24 points in the game to bring this game very close. But all it took was the Rams to kick a field goal, and, oh, you thought I was going to say they blew it? No. They did not blow it. They ended up kicking a field goal at some point in the fourth quarter, 
and the Rams would go on to win in a very close game with a final score of 31-27. to And next up, we go on down to Vegas as the Las Vegas Raiders took on the Arizona Cardinals. And it looked another game that looked like it was going to be over early. As for the Ra- Raiders, they were already leading 20 not- to nothing at halftime. As in this game overall, Derek Carr went 25 for 39 for 252 yards and two touchdowns. And in the rushing game, Josh Jacobs had 19 carries for 69 yards. Greatest number of all time, 69. Never mind that. Never mind that. But and in the receiving game, Matt Collins had five receptions for 66 yards. And also in this game, Hunter Renfro had seven receptions for 59 yards. And also Darren Waller had six receptions for 50 yards and one touchdown. And in this game, Max Double X Crosby had a sack. On the day, and a Mick Robertson had an interception on the day. But there was no quit in the Arizona Cardinals as Kyler Murray went 31 for 49 for 277 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. And in the rushing game, Darrell Williams had eight carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. And in the receiving game, Zach Ertz had eight receptions for 75 yards, still performing at a solid level. And and also Marquise Hollywood-Brown had six receptions for 68 yards on the day. And on defense, J.J. Watt had a sack on the day. And it looked like it was over. But, but it, but the Raiders were wrong for doubting the Cardinals at that point. As the Cardinals would score a touchdown at, in the third quarter and would go on to score 16 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, bringing the game to overtime. I mean, with one of the plays being one of the longest Two-point conversions ever with Kyler Murray going left and right. And he even had another another two-point conversion version where he was a bit over the place and threw a, threw a dot to A.J. Green to keep them in the game. And it looked like it was over with the Raiders trying to bring the ball downfield after the Ravens. After the Cardinals turned the ball over, but they were wrong. As on a play, play a Derek Carr threw the threw a pass to Hunter Renfro, in which which Cardinals linebacker Isaiah Simmons would strip the ball. I mean, and keep in mind Hunter Renfro had had a fumble before. Before that, the play before with Zaven Collins, another linebacker for the Arizona Cardinals, stripping the ball from Hunter Renfro. Oh, but that ball was recovered, covered 
by the Raiders at that point. But this one at the end was near the sidelines, and linebacker Isaiah Simmons stripped the ball from Hunter Renfro, leading to for, for Cardinals safety Byron Murphy to pick up the ball and scoop and score for the game-winning touchdown as the Arizona Cardinals won this game with a final score of 29-23. to And what's going to be said now? You know what? I'll let Adam Sandler say it for me. You blew it! And next up, we go on down to the Rocky Mountains as the Denver Broncos took on the Houston Texans. And this game was field goal after field goal until the end. As for the Texans, Davis Mills went 19 for 38 for 177 yards. And in the rushing game, Damon Pierce, who was a rookie, rookie running back, had 15 receptions for 69 yards. As mentioned, the greatest number of all time. And in the receiving game, Nico Collins had four receptions for 58 yards. And... Brandon Cooks, who is pretty much their best player at this point, had four receptions for 54 yards. And on defense, Rasheem Green had one and a half sacks on the day. And Christian Kirksey had an interception on the day. And Jonathan Grenard had one sack as well. On Russell Wilson and speaking of Russell Wilson he went 14 for 31 for 219 yards one touchdown and one interception and in the rushing game Javante Williams had 15 carries for 75 yards and in the receiving game Cortland Sutton had 17 seven, seven receptions for 100 and 22 yards on the day. And on defense, a bit of an improvement than last week as Jamont, Draymond Jones had two sacks on the day for the Broncos as and also Randy Gregory had a sack on the day as well. And as mentioned, it was field goal after field goal until Russell Wilson threw a touchdown pass. And after that, the Broncos just just kind of took off from there as the Broncos would win this game in a very close one. I mean, it shouldn't have been close because you got Russell Wilson playing on the Broncos now. And you'd think they'd be better after that. But it proves that Russell Wilson hasn't made a huge difference, just not yet. Will it be later? Maybe, who knows, with a final score of 16-9. to And next up, we go on to AT&T Stadium as the Dallas Cowboys took on the Cincinnati Bengals. And for the Bengals, it looks like they're still under the Super Bowl hangover. And Joe Burrow is proving that he's kind of a one-year wonder. Well, not really a one-year wonder. I mean, that successful year in college and then that one year in the NFL. Of nearly bringing the Bengals, winning the Bengals their first Super Bowl, and for the Bengals, Burrow had went 24 for 36 for 
for 199 yards and a touchdown. Not bad, but an off night. In the rushing game, Joe Mixon had 19 carries for 57 yards. And in the receiving game, T. Higgins had six receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. And Jamar Chase had five receptions for 54 yards. And on defense, only thing notable was a sack by Sam Hubbard. And for the Cowboys, they were with, they're without Dak Prescott for a while. So in comes Cooper Rush as he was on a rush at going 19 for 31 for 235 yards and a touchdown. And in the rushing game, Ezekiel Elliott had 15 carries for 57 yards. And one player who has been stepping up in the receiving game has been Noah Brown, who's pretty much taken the role of Cedric Wilson. And who, who he went had five receptions for 91 yards and a, and a touchdown. And in the receiving game, C.D. Lamb had seven receptions for 75 yards. And it was pure dominance on defense as Micah Parsons had two sacks on the day and Durant's Armstrong Jr. had two sacks as well for the Cowboys. And also, Leighton Vander Esch and Dexter Fowler Jr. Well, Dante Fowler Jr., my bad. Each had a sack on the day. And we thought it was over, like a recurring trend for a lot of the other teams. Teams with, with being up 17-3 to at halftime. But the Bengals would tie it up, but at the end, it would lead to a Brett Maher field goal to settle the game with a final score of 20-17. to And next up on a Sunday night header, we had to Lambeau Field as the Green Bay Packers took on the Chicago Bears. The Bears! And for the Bears, it was brutal. Mainly in the passing game as Justin Fields went 7 for 11, pun intended, for 70 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. But there was a lot of work in the rushing game as David Montgomery had 15 carries for 122 yards. With a touchdown, with a rushing touchdown later in one of those drives by Justin Fields. And on defense, Travis Gibson had two sacks on the day, and also Robert Quinn had one sack. And for the Packers, it was run by the Aarons, as as A.A. Ron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, had went 19 for 25 for 234 yards and two touchdowns. And also in the rushing game, there was definitely a lot of work that needed to be done by both, but by both running backs. That being Aaron Jones, who had 15 carries for 132 yards and a touchdown, and AJ Dillon, who had 18 carries for 61 yards. And a big game for Sammy Watkins, who had three receptions. 
in the receiving game for 93 yards. And for the Packers, here's two sacks on the day by Preston Smith and one sack on the day by Rashawn Gary. And also later on in the game, an interception would be made by Jair Alexander. And the Packers would run away with this victory. And forgetting about that dreadful game between the Minnesota Vikings and them. And winning this game. And Aaron Rodgers still owning the Bears. As the Packers would win this game with a final score of 27-10. to And next up, we had two Monday night games. The first, first one was between the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. And this game was completely one-sided as the Bills were on fire from start to finish. And there's just no stopping them. As Josh Allen pleading his case for MVP this year, going 16 for 38 for 317 yards and four touchdowns. And a and in the rushing game, a big game by rookie James Cook, brother of Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook, who had 11 carries for 53 yards. Not bad, not bad numbers. And in the receiving game, Stephon Diggs proving that he's one of the best wide receivers in the game right now with 12 receptions for 100 yards. 48 yards and three touchdowns. And as he's saying, as he said on the sidelines in the game last week in the home in the opening game between in the Bills and the Rams, he's proven I'm Stefan Diggs. I'm him. Yeah. I mean he's him. <laughs> what else can I say? <laughs> and it was a big game on defense as Jordan Poirier and Matt Milano each had an interception on the day and Gregory Russo and and uh, Tremaine Edmonds each had a sack on the day and it was brutal for Tennessee as Ryan Tannehill went 11 for 20 for 117 yards no touchdowns and two interceptions. And their lone touchdown was to King Henry. But his stats weren't that impressive. I mean, all around, the Titans just looked pathetic. That was one word to describe it. And every single day, it's proven time and time again that the Bills are no question Super Bowl contenders and are waiting for that Super Bowl. And they, they proved it against the defending champs and they proved it against Tennessee. Which, the Titans, isn't saying much since nowadays they lost their best receiver in A.J. Brown. So And Derrick Henry isn't what he is supposed to be like right now. I mean, he'll get to it later on, on in the future, but just right now, not really. 
as the Buffalo Bills won this game in easy fashion with a final score of 41-7. And lastly, we had a game between the Minnesota Vikings taking on the, the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, for the Vikings, it was just... It does not explain... Words cannot explain. As, as Kirk Cousins, as dreadful he is on primetime games, proved that he is still that dreadful. As he went 27 for 46 for 221 yards, one touchdown, and a whopping three interceptions. This sucks more than anything that has ever sucked before. So, fingers were just my bad right there. And in the receiving game, Adam Thielen had four receptions for 52 yards. And their lone touchdown was from Kirk Cousins to Herb Smith Jr. And Justin Jefferson didn't put on the game that he was expecting. And on defense, they... They weren't completely dead, dead, as Daniel Hunter and DJ Warnham each had one sack on the day, and also Jordan Hicks had an interception on the day. And for the Eagles, they're proving time and time again of why I said that they were going to be a sleeper team, and they're proving me right, as Jalen Hurts went 26 for 31 for 333 yards one touchdown, and one interception, along with 11 carries for 57 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And also, on, in the rushing game, Miles Sanders had 17 carries for 80 yards. And in the receiving game, everybody was all over the place. And first up, Dallas Goddard had five receptions for 82 yards. Devontae Smith had seven receptions for 80 yards. A.J. Brown, who's been a key contributor to this Eagles offense and proven that Tennessee was stupid for not paying him. And Howie Roseman gave him a lot of money when the Eagles did trade for Brown. And he's earning every penny right now. I mean, a solid game. I mean, we saw it in the first game, and but he had a solid game and this time around as he had five receptions for 69 yards. And also, Quez Watkins had two receptions for 69 yards and Jalen Hurts' lone touchdown. And on defense, boy, there's just no stopping him. As Jonathan Sweat and Fletcher Cox each had one sack on the day, but the big, but the big discussion of that game was a big play Slay Darius Slay, who had two interceptions throughout the entire game and was shutting down wide receivers left and right. There's just no stopping. There was just no stopping big play slay. And also in the secondary, Avante Maddox had an interception on the day. So pretty much, once the Eagles put their foot on the gas pedal, they never took it off. As the Eagles won this game and proven that they might be Super Bowl contenders. 
I mean, I said sleeper team, but maybe, just maybe a Super Bowl contender. As the Eagles won this game with a final score of 24-7. to And now we go on to the final part of the podcast from our Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week. And Offensive Player of the Week, it could have been anybody. I mean, there were a bunch of people who it could have been. But this week, I got to put respect on his name. Even though though he is playing on an AFC East rival team, I got to put some respect on Tua Tungvaloa. I mean, with an impressive performance like that, I mean, throwing for over 400 yards, I mean, we've kind of seen some games like that from him at Alabama, but not many. But it was just just when they were playing playing some slack Division two or Division three team team that that they faced, and and it's not every day that he throws six touchdowns, but he did just that, and that's bringing the Dolphins back from a from a deficit not known possible, and then. And then bringing them to victory, and I mean, I mean, I mean that's kind of on him. But at the same time, he has to thank God for Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, without them, and I mean, let's face it, without them, I mean, mainly Tyree Kill, they probably wouldn't have came back if they never had neither one. Or if they never never had neither one of them or both of them. I mean, a couple honorable mentions. Gotta say Josh Allen. And also gotta say Jalen Hurts and Stephon Diggs. Those were honorable mentions. And for Defensive Player of the Week, it was tough to pick. To pick. But I gotta go with Aiden Hutchinson with three sacks on the day. And he is a rookie. He is just getting started, and I mean, he'll turn around that Detroit Lions defense, but not right now as they're still slug, slugging a little bit. But I mean, it will take some time before the Lions get to where they need to be. And honorable mention has got to be Darius Slay, and another honorable mention has to go to Micah Parsons. And that, that's pretty much it. It's Defensive Player of the Week, Aiden Hutchinson. And that will wrap up this episode of the Snobby Show. I'm hoping you enjoyed this as well as I did. And as always, I'm your host, Kyle Stump, a.k.a. Stumpy. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.